You're listening to the Metamore City Podcast, special episode number one. Warning. This episode contains adult language and explicit sexual content. It's not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Metamore City, a podcast series created by Chris Lester. For more information, please visit www.metamorecity.com. Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to the first special episode of the Metamore City Podcast. I am Chris Lester, your host, and I want to take a moment to wish all of my American listeners a happy Thanksgiving Day. You know, I've heard it said that Thanksgiving is the last holiday that we have left that has managed to avoid any kind of crass commercial exploitation. You don't see companies selling a lot of Thanksgiving Day decorations or making special Thanksgiving Day movies or guilting people into buying each other Thanksgiving Day presents, thank heavens. Mostly, this holiday is still what it's always been, a time to get together with loved ones, eat a good home-cooked meal, and reflect on the things in our lives that we're grateful for. So, sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy this brief moment of peace before the hectic insanity of the Christmas season kicks off tomorrow. I'm recording this special episode because I want to introduce you all to the first Metamore City fanfic to be released into the potosphere. Those of you who read the blog will already know about this, but for those of you who haven't seen my latest post, here's a quick recap. Nobilis, the host of the Nobilis Erotica podcast, came to me a couple of weeks ago with an idea for a short story set in the world of Metamore. Given the nature of his podcast, it will probably come as no surprise that what he had in mind was an erotic story, but when I heard the details, I knew that this was going to be more than just cheesy stroke fiction. Nobilis is touching on something here that is obviously very personal for him, and that personal connection really comes through in the characters and in the bittersweet situation in which they find themselves. I think it's a beautiful story, as well as a sensual one. And because of that, I have no problem with declaring it part of the Metamore City canon. So, without further ado, here is Metamore City Anniversary by Nobilis. Open up a bottle of champagne and turn the lights down low. It's time to hit the street. The young canamorph unlocked the oversized door and held it open for me to push Liss's wheelchair through, and then brought in our suitcases. He hefted them easily onto the luggage racks by the door and flipped on the light. Anything else I can do for you, sir? No, that'll be fine for now, Ben. Thank you. The tip, a five-mark note, disappeared into his pocket. The door clicked closed, and Lissa let out a rasping, pained breath. They gotta fix that elevator. Yeah, it was a little rough. I checked my watch. Don't worry, it'll be sunset soon. I want a pain pill. I know. Can you hold on a while more? You want a clear head tonight, you know. She grumbled and winced, shifting in the chair. Help me out of this thing. It's pinching again. She set the brakes and held out her hands. I braced myself and pulled hauling her up onto her feet, and then pivoted to set her down lightly on the bed. It creaked and sagged. 
This place is really falling apart. I chuckled. <laughs> Aren't we all? She shot me a scowl. Not funny, John. I'm sorry. I went to the window and looked out between the drapes. The buildings and skyways obscured any possible view of the sun, of course, but from the right angle I could make out the citadel. I could tell when sunset was complete when the orange sunlight disappeared from its polished heights. Next year we should find a better hotel. This one's really falling apart. I made a little sound of agreement. I had looked for a better hotel, but the Furry Arms was the best we could afford that was within walking distance of the Spells for You magic shop. I trusted Artax, and he gave me a good deal as a repeat customer. I put my hand over the pocket where the bottles were stashed. Did he give you instructions? Sometimes I think she can read my mind. Yep. The instructions changed every year. I had heard it's part of a little game he plays, to trip people up. But I'm a systems tech. I'm used to following instructions carefully. He hasn't gotten me in six years. I pulled out the little slip of paper and reviewed it for the dozenth time. Place one drop of the subject's blood in the bottle. Shake vigorously for one minute. Then quickly pour the contents over your tongue. Swish and swallow. As you say it, so shall the subject be until the sun dawns or sets. Does he mean shake the bottle vigorously or shake ourselves? Oh, with our tax, it's hard to say. Best to do both. And what's this as-you-say-it business? I thought you were just getting those relief potions. He was all out. He said these will do the job, though. That and more. If I'm reading this right, once you drink the thing, all you have to do is say what you want to happen to your body, and it happens. Oh, that has possibilities. I looked back up at the citadel. The last bit of the pinnacle went dark. It's time. I took the two bottles out of my pocket, along with a pair of lancets from Lissa's test kit. I handed her a bottle and a lancet, and then pricked myself, producing a drop of blood on the tip of my finger. I checked my watch. Put the drop in on three, then cap it and start shaking. I'll tell you when the minute is up. One, two, three. Blood, cap, shake. I kept my eye on my watch as I shook my body, shaking the vial along with it. I counted down by tens until I got to the last five seconds. Lissa cried out as the last seconds were ticking down. John, get it! She pointed under the bed. I fell to my knees and looked. There it was. I quickly retrieved it and held out my hand to her. Which one is it? I looked at my hand. Without thinking, I had scooped up the vial in the hand that held my own vial. I don't know. No time to figure it out. She grabbed one, uncapped it, and poured it into her mouth. I did the same. The magic felt warm and tingly. A big improvement over last year's felt cold and slimy. Did we get it right? Only one way to know, she said. I don't have arthritis. She flexed her fingers and winced. Shit, I don't need this. Don't worry. I put my hand on her shoulder. You don't have arthritis. She smiled and smiled. Can you do the rest? You don't have asthma or allergies. You don't have migraines. Your nervous system works the same as it did when you were 20. Relief flowed over her. I could see the whole year's pain washing away. She stood and wrapped her arms around me. Every year this moment was special. My turn? 
Oh, yes, of course, honey. You don't have diabetes. You have normal erections. Your nervous system works the same as it did when you were 20. My conditions aren't painful like Lissa's are, so I don't feel the same profound effect, but as sensation returned to my hands and feet, I smiled. The first time we came to Metamore City for our anniversary to get a vacation from our chronic illnesses, we threw ourselves at each other. The relief Lissa felt from her pain and paralysis translated into such incredible passion that we wore ourselves out the first hour. Not so anymore. With hours and hours to spend together, there's no need to rush. Even so, Lissa was nearly bouncing. Come on, let's take a shower. I let her lead me into the bathroom, where we quickly stripped out of our traveling clothes. Her sweats and underwear were a little easier to manage than my casual suit, so she was naked and under the warm spray before I even had my pants off. The pure joy of seeing her moving so easily brought out a broad grin. She looked over her shoulder and rolled her eyes. Oh, please, don't tell me you're getting turned on just looking at this. She wiggled her parterior. I'm happy we're here together. I pulled off my boxers and stepped in behind her, nuzzling her neck. I love you. There's no place in the world I'd rather be. I took the little bottle of shampoo from the shelf, poured it out in my hand, and started massaging it into her hair. I don't like it when you run yourself down that way, Lissa. It's true, being stuck in the chair hasn't been kind to you, but I love you just the same. I'm just being realistic. This isn't time to be realistic. This is time to be fanciful. Let's put the rest of the year behind us and just have fun. You know, you're right. She plunged her head under the spray to rinse out the shampoo, turning to face me to let her hair fall down her back. I took the little perfumed soap out and worked up a lather between my hands. As I started soaping up her body, she cocked an eyebrow and asked, So what do you want to change first? Hmm? I put the soap back and started lathering up her chest, being sure to get soap well up under the creases under her breasts. She put her hands on her hips. What do you want to change about me? The magic is still working, so you can change anything just by speaking it. Oh no, I said. I'm not stepping into that minefield. Fine, then I'm going to change something about you. She looked over me with an appraising eye. You have a full head of long blonde hair. I felt my hair suddenly grow down my back. I chuckled and shook my head, and a lock of it fell in front of my eyes. Even wet, I could see the golden color. Are you going to help dry this after we're done? Won't be a problem. Your turn. Okay, but on one condition. We never talk about this except on our anniversary trip. I don't want to hear you complain about how I hate your boobs for the rest of the year. Sure, sure. Now change something, or I'm going to give you a dick like a Louisville slugger. Um, your body is fit and toned. She looked down and shrugged. Not much had changed. Just shows you can be fit and have fat at the same time. That one didn't count. Go again. She wouldn't leave me alone until she got what she wanted. You have full perky breasts. Lissa's breasts swelled and rose, her nipples turning upwards. Ah, now that's more like it. She ran her hands over them, weighing the firm flesh. That's nice. I made a little sound of agreement and soaped them up again. So, you like this whole transformation thing? John, please, I've been trapped in this body for years. Don't you think I'd be happy to get a chance to make it a fun place for a little while? It's like I'm putting on a pretty dress and makeup. She lathered up her hands and ran them over my body. Don't be afraid. Make me what you want.
It's your turn, though. Okay. You don't have a pot belly. My stomach shrank down, leaving my abdomen nice and flat. She ran her hands over it. Mmm, nice. Going lower, she massaged my cock with her soapy hands, slowly bringing it to full hardness. She knelt down and let the shower spray hit me, quickly rinsing off the soap. I could feel her breath on my cock. I thought you didn't like giving me oral sex. It makes me gag. Ordinarily. She raised an eyebrow, looking up at me expectantly. I can take a hint. You can control your gag reflex. Her mouth enveloped me, gradually sliding down my shaft until her nose was buried in my pubic hair. Her tongue tickled the underside, sending quivers of excitement up my spine. Oh, baby, that feels marvelous. She slid back again, wrinkling her nose. She let my cock slip out of her mouth long enough to say, You have no pubic hair. She touched my completely smooth pubes and swallowed my cock again. Nothing ever felt so good. I put my hands gently on her head, trying very, very hard not to push, not to thrust, and just let it be, let it happen. I leaned back against the wall of the shower, pulling her after me with the slightest touch I could manage. Her movements, slow and deliberate, brought me closer and closer to climax. I could just feel the point of no return on the edge of my sexual horizon when she stopped, kissed the tip, and said, You won't orgasm until I tell you to. She smiled devilishly. Ooh, that's dirty pool, I said. But then she turned around and bent over, holding the handicapped railing for stability. I slid my cock into her slot, evoking sighs from both of us. I should do the same to you, I growled. Besides, you took two turns in a row. She arched her back. So you do too. I pumped a couple of times. All right. You're as tall as me. Her legs lengthened, bringing her pussy up to a much more convenient height. Ah, much better. I settled in, giving her slow, comfortable strokes. No need to rush. Not yet, anyways. A plan formed in my head, a plan to get her to give that order. The harder you're fucked, the better it feels. Ooh, she said, you didn't need to say anything to get that one. Didn't I? I picked up the pace a bit and found myself rewarded with a gasp of surprised pleasure. I did it again. My own body stayed at that pleasant plateau where it was feeling good, but I wasn't really coming or even close to it yet. But every time I turned up the heat, Lissa's reaction became more extreme. In a matter of minutes, she was pushed into the corner, her hands kneading her perfect breasts as I slammed her with everything I had. Ready for me to come yet? I grunted out the words with each thrust. Yes, she squealed. Yes, yes, come, please, come, fill me up. Held back like water behind a dam, my orgasm broke over me with a suddenness that left me breathless. I buried myself in her and unleashed wave after wave of cum. I fell back against the wall of the shower to catch my breath. Lissa slipped down into the basin of the tub. That was incredible, she gasped. I think I broke something, I said, holding my hand to my back. I haven't gotten this much exercise in years. Oh, you're fine, she said. And I was. I held out my hand to help her up. Are you all right? I think I'm starting to prune. 
Well, we can't have that. I stepped out of the shower and grabbed a couple towels, offering her one. She took it and wrapped it around her head, drying her hair. You're not going to help me recover from that with the magic? I already took care of that, remember? It's my turn, and I'm going to make it count. I ran the towel over my body. The long hair she had given me took a while to get dry. All right, then what? She finished drying her hair and moved on to her body. I'm going to think about it for a bit, okay? Can I braid your hair while you think? Sure. She stepped out into the entryway while I dried the rest of my body and came back with the toiletries case. She gave my hair a few long strokes with a hairbrush and then expertly twisted my hair into a tight braid running down my back. This could get really weird, she said. I bet we could do some freaky stuff with this magic. She ended the braid with an elastic. Like what? I looked at her in the mirror and caught a mischievous expression in her eyes. Pick something. Make it my turn and you'll see. What to do? I didn't want to try to out-freak her. But she had my mind running in all kinds of new directions. Uh, you have short purple hair. Her hair shrank, changing colors as it went, shedding the water it could no longer hold. She smiled and put her hand through it. Hmm, not bad. That actually fits quite nicely with what I had in mind. Her gaze shifted back to me, and she licked her lips. You are a gorgeous, big-breasted woman. My voice shifted through the spectrum as my body shrank and flowed. What? I put my hands to my chest where a pair of huge mounds were swelling, overflowing my grip. In the mirror I could see my cock shrink down and disappear between the lips of a hairless cleft. The whole room seemed to get bigger. Stunned, I found myself unable to speak. Lissa embraced me from behind, running her hands over my new body. My breasts flowed through her hands. I always wanted to try this. One hand slid over my moist skin, slowly approaching my hairless pussy. Are you all right with this? I could manage only a whisper. Yes. My breathing started coming faster. Her fingers probed, exploring my rapidly moistening folds. Are you going to make a change? I couldn't form a coherent thought. Words fled, my mind a wrecked pile of moans. I closed my eyes and leaned my head back against Lissa's shoulder as her fingers slipped inside me. I want to fuck you, John. I want you to feel what I feel when your hot cock slides inside me. Fear gripped me, fear laced with lust and curiosity. What would it be like... I could say no, I could tell her I didn't want to give her a cock, but I didn't want to spoil things. Clearly this fantasy haunted her imagination. How could I deny her? Still, the thought of making her a man was just a little too much for me. Your clit gets hard and long and thick like a cock when you get aroused. She chuckled. Chicken? She moved to stand next to me to inspect her altered organ in the mirror. There, emerging from the bright purple fuzz around her pussy lips, a finger-sized nub of flesh peeked out. She stroked it lightly, and it swelled and thickened, turning a light shade of purplish-red. Are you ready for this? No, I said, but let's do it anyways. I walked into the bedroom and lay down on the bed.
She stood over me, hands on her hips, clit bobbing in front of her. Well, don't you look enticing. The sarcasm could have been a little thicker, but not much. She sat down and stroked my leg. Don't worry, it's going to feel real good. She leaned down, kissed my mound, and gently spread my legs apart. My pussy was sopping wet. Your pussy tastes like honey, she said, and licked. She made a yummy sound and dove in, spreading my lips with her fingers to get every drop of fluid. The amazing feelings, intensely pleasurable, drove me to arch my back and let out a long, low moan. I had never imagined that anything could feel so good. I grabbed my heavy tits and squeezed, hungry for more sensation. When Lisa stopped, I whimpered and opened my eyes to see her climbing on top of me. Here it comes, lover. She rubbed her clit up and down a few times, coating it with my juices, then slowly pressed it in. We groaned together in ecstasy. She looked into my eyes, staring into my soul, it seemed, and slowly drew herself out. She went slowly, so incredibly, teasingly, achingly slowly. My orgasm came first, a growling, crashing thing that seemed to go on for an eternity. As I was recovering, I heard and felt her shuddering climax, and we realized something. If both of us were female, well, mostly, there was no established time to stop fucking. So we didn't. When our muscles cramped, we switched positions. When our skin got raw, we used the magic to heal it. I lost count of the orgasms at twenty. Each. We played a little more with the transformations through the night, but in the end we decided we liked the shapes we had come out of the bathroom in. Me, a buxom, curvy woman, and Lissa, a buxom, curvy woman with purple hair and a six-inch clit. Crazy, I know, but it worked better than anything else. Maybe I had always wanted to be a woman. Maybe I only just discovered it there. I don't know. All I know is the shapes we gave each other that night felt like destiny. Finally, exhausted, we lay on the bed and slept.
I woke before dawn. The sky, what I could see of it, was lightening. I sighed and sipped my coffee and waited. When the first rays of the sun returned to the spire, so would all of our maladies. This moment, just before the end, it was always so hard. To feel the seconds tick away, knowing that it would be another whole year before I could really feel like a whole person again, nearly brought me to tears. I squeezed my breasts as if staying goodbye. Even next year, the chances I'd be able to afford the kind of magic we had been enjoying tonight were slim. Yes, we'd have relief potions. We'd be able to be healthy and free of pain for one night next year. But I knew it couldn't be like this ever again. Artax had given me an incredible gift, but soon it would be nothing but memories. I set aside my cup and watched Lissa sleep. I knew that when the pain returned, she would need me. I could feel the magic already starting to drain away. And then... Nothing. We didn't change back. My hands and feet didn't go numb. Lissa didn't awaken, groaning in pain. I looked back up to the spire, saw it shining in the bright, glorious morning sun. I ran to the bed. Lissa, Lissa, wake up! Hmm? It's sunrise. We didn't change back. What? I thought the potion only worked overnight. It did. Oh, that Artax, he finally got me. Look. I held her hand. You have red fingernails. Her fingernails stayed the same healthy pink they had been all night. See? The magic was temporary, but the changes are permanent. A smile dawned on her face. I thought nerve problems were incurable. Not without powerful, expensive magic. Which... Artax gave us. We threw our arms around each other. Yeah, the gender change and the hair and everything else would be a little inconvenient, but we aren't the first people to come back from Metamore City with changes. The rest of the world would just have to adjust.
we'll be back with more of the Metamore City podcast right after these messages. My husband Nobilis and I have been writing sexy stories for years, and now we've decided to share some of them with you. Come to the Nobilis Erotica Podcast at nobilis.libson.com to hear a new erotic tale every week. We look forward to sharing with you. This is Christiana Ellis. The last time I tried to give some details about my new project, I was interrupted by some kind of a mysterious signal. So let's hope that this time I can uh, get a few more details out to you about my new audio drama. Basically, what it is is a brand new. May I have your attention, my fellow beings? I pray that y'all take heed. For I bring to you a most dire warning. Just as foretold by the space prophet, Grabthar the Awesome, the end is upon us. The almighty dude is calling it quits on this here universe. And everything we have ever known will soon descend into the cold and the dark. But it is not too late to get in on the ground floor of the big guy's brand new project. Coming very soon, the Celestial MC will be launching an all-new revolutionary existence, complete with on-demand prayers and social networking functionality. Hallelujah, ladies and gentlemen. I am pleased to present UNI 2.0. Take advantage of this limited-time offer. For the first hundred callers, the almighty dude is offering a full membership in UNI 2.0 for the paltry sum of 10,000 credits. So beg, borrow, or steal. Do anything you have to do to get in on this once-in-an-eternity opportunity. Send all inquiries and cashier's checks to the Intergalactic Communications Web at www.spacecasey.com. This universe expires on November 28, 2007, so act now, and you and I will be partying with the Almighty in 2.0. Hallelujah! Amen. So really, there aren't even any fish in the story at all. So I hope that clears things up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hi, this is MA&PA, host of Better Late Than Never, and you're listening to the Metamore City Podcast. And we're back. I want to thank Nobilis again for sharing this story. I'm pleased that the world of Metamore City is inspiring other people. If you have an idea for a story in the world of Metamore City, I encourage you to contact me at feedback at metamorecity.com. I'm more than willing to work with you to help you develop your story and make sure that it lines up with the rules of the setting. If I like what you've written, I may include it on the podcast in future special episodes like this one. 
This is a big world, and there's lots of room for other people to play in it. That's all I've got for this week, folks. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got to get ready for the big family dinner. Happy Thanksgiving, and I'll talk to you all again on Sunday, December 2nd. Until then, keep it on the bright side. This is Chris Lester, signing out. The music on this podcast was provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. Metamore City is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Find out more at creativecommons.org.